0: everybody to Balva's Gumi. It's a podcast about all the things that are fun for software developers and managers. My name is Vicky Kalmanovic. I'm an engineering manager. And today I have Cecilia Borg with me, wow. which is so amazing. We're recording from DevOps Days Conference.
1: Cecilia. How are you? I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here and everything is so fun and uh, exciting and the energy in this conference is just through the roof. I love it.
0: <laughs> whenever whenever there's tourists in Israel, everybody becomes such a Zionist. Everyone's like, isn't Israel the most amazing place on yeah, earth? <laughs> but they gave me food. I've eaten shakshuka today, so I'm Aww, happy. Shuk- and you've been to Jaffa today. Yeah, I've
1: been to Jaffa. And I actually bu- bought a woolen hat because I'm going back to Sweden and it's snowstorms. <laughs> I found the perfect woolen hat while walking in 21 degrees weather.
0: (laughs) 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 You can find anything in the Holy Land. (laughs) And today we're going to talk about the amazing question of do we even need managers, Mm. right? Mm. So I think before we get to the main event, can you share
1: a little bit about yourself? Well, I've always got a passion for tech. I started out with uh, playing too much Nintendo back (laughs) in Sweden and uh, growing up and being really fascinated by everything tech. (laughs) Are you
0: related to Anita Borg? No. Anita Borg? The Anita yeah. Borg organization, which uh, does the Grasshopper uh, uh, oh, conference no, in no. Florida.
1: No? no, sorry, we are so many different Borgs. <laughs> so <laughs> resistance is futile. Okay. No, passion for tech and everything. So um, ended up in uh, did a master's degree in computer science, oh. and that was just a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. I I was thrilled, and back in the nineties, it wasn't even. I didn't know that programming was a thing that you can actually be a programmer, a developer. That wasn't a thing. Yeah. So I was just having fun kind of okay jumping on this and university degree and didn't know where to end up but it was it was perfect so since then i've been uh, working at um, startups and bigger international corporations in all the roles as a developer engineering manager i've been in product i've been ceo of companies and cto yeah and right now i'm trying to help uh, companies on an interim basis uh, Mm and six six or nine months uh, things with uh, trying to get them through change because Mm. change is so painful and that's everything we're doing right now everyone is growing everyone is shrinking or merging with each other so I'm using my painfully learned experience to Mm -hmm. help others kind of through this coming in with some structure
0: so basically when uh, when companies understand that they're going through change Mm -hmm. they call you for a specific role is it just uh, like CTO or CEO roles or is it uh, is is it changing based on the company that
1: yeah, contacts it's you? it's changing. And right now, uh, it's such a huge need. Mm-hmm. And I'm going in on an interim basis. So um, I've also been a CEO for a consultancy, helping mm-hmm. with agile coaches and trying to get other organizations through change. But what I've seen most efficient is when you actually come in and work kind of doing some operational role and mm-hmm. then you can kind of strive and then you you get the credibility uh, from the others because you're actually there to deliver something yeah and then you can also help to see how to establish change in this workplace
0: that's interesting are you being measured as well
1: yeah for sure yeah for sure, sure. no i've got kind of so uh, when i'm starting my assignments uh, i'll always kind of ask them kind of what would make us toast in champagne mm-hmm. when I leave? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, and n- not everyone kind of knows the answer, but they kind of, yeah, we, we need to be more efficient or we need to come to this or we have these problems. And then and then there's also kind of that is the outcome you know, that I'm judged on. And then also I have a lot of output, kind of just being uh, running meetings and running uh, delivering things and you know keeping everyone happy and so in the work yeah in the workplace mm-hmm. so i think um, no it's the it's the perfect job and everyone has problems but then i can i can come in and it's different problems and then i have the energy to attack them mm-hmm. and then after 9 months i'm ready to attack other problems in other organizations.
0: And it's interesting you say that sometimes you're an interim CTO and sometimes mm-hmm. you're an interim CEO, right?
1: No, so I've never been an interim CEO. Ah, I've okay. only been a permanent CEO. Ah, cool. Uh, no, but that, that's that. like yeah.
0: actually, uh, yeah. that even suits my, my, yeah? my question better because sometimes you do this kind of role and sometimes you do this kind of role and we know from mm-hmm. management roles mm-hmm. that... It seems like there's a tru- like two branches that you need to mm-hmm. choose one of them either mm-hmm. to become a manager or to become an IC, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But you show that, you know, you can yeah, move know. between so, branches.
1: Yeah, and but it depends on kind mm-hmm. of how you define an IC. Uh, with a so right now I don't have no one is reporting to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, so that's also yeah, special. I'm running these projects kind of across. I'm working as kind of interim VP engineering at uh, Epidemic Sound right now, mm-hmm. and it's um, and I'm responsible for different projects to do the output there. But I don't have a team. I don't have uh, people reporting to me. So I just kind of tie people to me and influence mm-hmm. and working through them.
0: Amazing. So let's let's talk about what is a
1: manager. Yeah. What a question! <laughs> no, I I love the question because I've been to so many so many developer conferences, and so many engineering conferences, and I've seen the I see the contempt for managers, and I've been a, con- a manager since I was twenty seven, mm-hmm. a- and I've been a developer for many years, and I've been working in infrastructure and and in so many different places, and I become a main. I became a manager because I wanted to unblock. I wanted. I saw the structures that were blocking us, so mm-hmm. I wanted to do something. And I wanted. I and I was prepared to take the hit of mm-hmm. b- becoming a manager to kind of unblock because I wanted to do that. How, how can how can you be prepared without knowing? No, I wasn't. How did you know? No, people. So uh, it was my manager who asked me to become a manager of this group. There was, an, and I was like, no way. Yeah. I did not want to become a manager. I was a leader in the scout movement. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew how hard it is to kind of lead other people. And I was like, no, I want to be at work and kind of have fun and drink beer with my colleagues. <laughs> and, so on. and when you represent the company, that yeah. becomes different. Mm-hmm. And I was not sure that I w- was prepared to take that step. But anyway, I uh, I did it. And I saw that I could provide something. I saw that I could provide a value and saw the, the impact of uh, what I was doing. But <laughs> coming to that manager contempt i think i can see where that it's coming from because as a manager you always have hidden cards in mm-hmm. some ways and you have that power position but because maybe you are there to decide salaries and there can be a sense of unfairness and that the manager and i think the agile movement that we're in right now helps Dividing leadership and makes people accountable and dividing the leadership between. It's not all. The manager should not have all the answers anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Because you feel like
1: before the agile movement, that's what the world looked like. I think so. Um, I th- hierarchical. Listen to your manager. Do as they say. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, only do what you're told. Uh, and All that. I can think about right now no is it? the Office Space uh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my it? God. Yeah, the TPS reports <laughs> yeah. and everything. And that manager coming with this mug yeah. and just <laughs> claiming reports and like not trusting and mm-hmm. not encouraging the creativity or the accountability of the IC mm-hmm. or the person. And that's, uh, that's no fun in that.
0: Yeah, I feel like um, sometimes I see I hear a lot of uh, stories about managers that do, you know, things that maybe they shouldn't, or they act in in ways that are, you know, it can can be poisonous and stuff like that. And it just, Seems to me like some managers still live in the ways mm. of life of the 80s yeah. like that you need to be poisonous to your people in order to increase velocity or mm. or you need to you know mm. uh, ask for your people to ask of you for mm. vacation days and stuff like that yeah. the world isn't like that
1: anymore no. right no. and we need to be clear on what we're asking managers to do and we need to be clear on kind of what responsibility the group can take and teach kind of how to give room and how to take room and kind of how to and what I believe is I think servant leadership if you google servant leadership and uh, read about that that's what we're doing we're there to remove blockers we're there to create the structures and to coach people to Kind of reach their full potential. Uh, or how do you thing. do
0: that? That's amazing, but how do you do that?
1: So, kind of be clear on what we're here to deliver to the team, and uh, see what blockers we have. See, map out the competence and the skill of the of the team. See what we're lacking. See if anyone want to go that path. Talk to the people to see kind of okay. And I know that people kind of they get full brain block when asked where do you see yourself mm-hmm. within five years and mm-hmm. so on but I still do that I still ask people and then I have this mind trick and um, do you know how you create a stat, uh, statue of an elephant how <laughs> yeah so, so you take <laughs> a block of concrete and then you remove everything that is not an Uh. elephant and then you you have an elephant left and that is the metaphor i i use because when i'm talking to people because i still need to know where they're going and often it's very hard to say where you're going, but it's easier to say where you're not going. Mm. So like, okay, do you want to become a, in a leadership role? Do you become a, a generalist or a specialist? And then you can kind of start digging. And then I'll kind of have three meetings and then kind of have a pretty good picture of where this pe- person would like to be mm-hmm. and kind of how I can develop and how I can look out for that person mm-hmm. um, in there. So I think that is kind of how you can help individuals reach their potentials.
0: Yeah. You talked a little bit about being a leader and the girls, Girl Scouts, yeah. or just the Scouts? Yeah, the Scouts are just Scouts. boys and girls. Yeah. <laughs> Not like in uh, America. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what is the difference between being a leader in an organization like that mm-hmm. than being a leader
1: in tech? Uh, so, when I started out as a manager, I thought it would be a, some kind of a difference. And then I realized that I had been leading people that weren't paid. Uh, to do the job wow. and yeah. do, kind of doing doing it. So I had to, and I was leading through kind of, we created really big, really large scout camps, you know, for 40,000 people from wow. a lot of the countries for over three years. And then you had to have a really clear goal and to be really, because people were doing this outside work time. So kind of having that vision, kind of being very clear on kind of what would, this would with what the ask was from people and kind of bringing that into my work life that I had such a head start mm-hmm. because in work life you kind of you did that but you also had a salary to give people mm-hmm. they were also there and because yeah. they got paid mm-hmm. but to be very clear on the vision why we we're there and keeping that target very kind of in their vision mm-hmm. I think um, th- th- that really gave me a head start. Amazing. Which tools
0: from the leadership that you've uh, gained from uh, the scouts you took to your life
1: as a leader in tech? So to create strong, inclusive, cross-functional teams and making use of everyone's skills, kind of having very, very different people. Because probably,
0: like in the Scouts, I, I'm yeah. guessing, if yeah. you do a cross-functional team, you need to have, you know, those two people who can be more physical, those two people who can do, like, yeah. another mm-hmm. kind, kind of work.
1: Mm-hmm. And we don't form teams. Teams, kind of, we mm-hmm. work with the teams that are, kind yeah. of, the small groups, the mm-hmm. troops. And the kind of they, we have no choice but to kind of use the skills of mm. everyone there and everyone needs to chop wood and everyone needs to cook and, kind yeah. of, uh, and you do all that and kind of seeing that and uh, having reflect okay what did work sitting by the campfire talking to people meeting people kind of between four eyes and just talking to them yeah and saying that okay how how did it feel today and kind of how how do it, it's like no I'm really tired and I was sad when this happened you kind know, talking that through yeah I think uh, bringing that kind of reflection, learning, talking to people, seeing everyone in the team, checking in you know, every morning, kind of seeing everyone, having that laugh at the end of the day, mm-hmm. laughing and doing things together. Actually, that's really
0: interesting to think of the motivation, because what is their motivation to chop wood? What is our motivation yeah. to do the tasks that we do?
1: Oh. And you know, I have been emptying latrines on mm. scout camps. Mm-hmm.
0: What is your motivation for that? Yeah,
1: and still <laughs> it's like you know having so much fun because mm-hmm. it's it's fun to work and it's it's the same thing with this conference. Yeah. And I've been in Sweden, I'm in the volunteer organization for a, a Java conference and it's the same thing to pack 500 goodie bags or kind of 1600 yeah. goodie bags <laughs> in one evening. Yeah. And you do it and you laugh and uh, with the other because you want to see that joy on people mm-hmm. entering the conference. And I don't get paid for that. It's just fun to make things together. Yeah. We talked a little bit about manager's
0: contempt, manager contempt,
1: yeah. right? Which
0: Kind of changes because the identity of the manager needs to change, right? Yeah. What, what should it be now?
1: <laughs> so I think uh, we can see all about what it shouldn't be. That controlling and um, mm-hmm. poisonous and toxic and authoritative and everything. Um, but the question that's interesting right now is how do we help managers to transit, to transition mm-hmm. into this new? Because we need people with the domain knowledge and everything Mm -hmm. going and we need them to understand that they have a value and there there is a role for them to play but we need to be very explicit on what it is and what it isn't
0: do you think
1: that a manager needs to be the one with all the answers definitely not And why would it because the future is so complex we don't know what challenges lies ahead Mm -hmm. and the probability that the manager would have the answers to questions we don't even know what they are mm-hmm. is so slim. So the manager's role is to foster collaboration and synergies and innovation within that team, making sure that kind of, we keep our eyes out, that we our, keep our skills sharpened at all times mm-hmm. and kind of really stay relevant. That is the role of a leader of a group if if needed. So kind of in the agile world now that we have one leader role is uh, the product owner and kind of keeping eyes there, but not kind of as a sole the kind of just as relaying the product need uh, to the team and creating that vision. maybe an engineering manager to look out for the team health and uh, all the individuals. and then but then we also have team members uh, appointing scrum masters to just, uh, have someone to to look out kind of do we keep the velocity are we learning are we getting more efficient mm-hmm. so there are so many different leadership roles divided onto many of the individuals in the teams mm-hmm.
0: I'm, uh, actually, I ha- I'm i at a point right now where I need to define together with my product manager some uh, success matrix for the project that we're working on mm. for the for the product that we're leading mm. and I'm trying to think like I'm pushing this as a manager because I want to understand if we're measuring velocity correctly if we're measuring mm. our people if, if we're enabling enough our mm. people and it's not really specifically an R&D role to do success matrix, right? Mm. But as R and D leaders, it's like every year there's more and more responsibilities that R and D leaders need to yeah. take on themselves in order to really see because we're the um, the yeah. performers eventually. So yeah. there's more and more roles that we need to take on ourselves. Yeah. How can we balance
1: all these roles as engineering managers? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> the, no, the pressure on engineering managers, engineering managers,
0: safe. and then uh, you know all the yeah. all the levels up until VP VPRD, and yeah, VP and no, these they I do know.
1: everything. No, now. I know, I know, it's <laughs> so tough. And kind of being CTO uh, in the leadership uh, team, you often have 80% of the company. It's like a small CEO (laughs) role and so many things that you need to to do. No, I think it's important if you're at a bigger company where there are other engineering managers to be T-shaped in that team as well to see kind of what... Because you have your strength in maybe... Uh, people development or velocity or delivery or maybe DevOps or something else and kind of just to map out the skills so that you can see what are your kind of engineering manager colleagues Mm -hmm. good at and how can you help each other there to not invent the wheel over and over again, because so many things are domain specific to that company that you need to kind of come up with that you can't copy from somewhere else. And share that and kind of share best practices. But to kind of define it, uh, kind of what is the expectation and keep true to that. And for me, it's always like individual health always comes first Mm -hmm. uh, for that. And kind of team health and uh, delivery and kind of staying true to that so that you see what your importance is. Uh, Because, of course, there are many things to do at all times. But to know when when you really can let everything else go and just focus on an individual. Yeah.
0: Do you have an example of uh, an organization that you helped where you saw that there was manager contempt and mm-hmm. you helped th- these managers maybe do a turnaround or maybe you you allowed mm-hmm. them get some tools to make a healthier team?
1: Yeah, I've seen an organization and I've helped organizations to be more clear and to create a structure around uh, what do we deliver uh, from the teams and engineering managers are always uh, often responsible for delivery and the how, and also in the, in the relationship to the product owner and kind of what is this. So, um, one tool that I've used to, to make it more concrete is like a pie chart to just relay how is time di- divided for an engineer in a team. And, well, that, and that is maybe... I don't think many people do that. <laughs> no, and kind of just to set expectations, because communication and conflicts often come from mismanaged expectations. Yeah. So, too, and that it dif- differs a bit, but I'm saying that, so, of course, a team's role is to deliver value, bus- business value, and to l- <laughs> deliver that. So, at least 50% or 60% will go to roadmap work, and that will... Entice everything around product discovery and um, writing the tests and writing yeah. the delivery and quality and everything. But then there's always other piece of the pie that is kind of just organization individual and team health which is meetings and going to stand-ups and everything maybe that is 15 percent of the engineer's time and then keeping the lights on just responding to if you have an operational role that could be even more yeah and fixing any bugs that come up that are really urgent and then don't forget kind of 10 or 15 percent to tech excellence and tech Mm -hmm. depth and fixing that, that needs to be cleaned out kind of long term to not have a too depth, too high depth to kind of pay off because then even less time will go to innovation because you're mm-hmm. only fixing, keeping the lights on. Uh, that share will kind of increase if you don't invest time in uh, tech excellence and becoming better at what you do.
0: Yeah, I completely agree that you can't. It's like a um, task train. If you just mm. do the task after task after yeah. a task yeah. and when you say you don't leave time for excellence it's looking yeah. at the bigger picture and maybe mm. looking in the long term and yeah. when you're doing excellence you're thinking of growth yeah. when you're doing a train yeah. of, uh, of tasks you're not yeah. really, you're, you'll mm. never be able to do growth. So what do you think is the need for leadership right now in wow. organic?
1: Right now in Sweden, we discuss a lot how to balance innovation and tech debt, and when to do what. And, you know, sometimes you just as a developer, you put your hacker hat on and just get it out there. Yeah. But uh, if you do that all the time, then kind of performance will be hit kind of you. Um, you don't do it fully. So when to to create those um, as an uh, engineering manager to facilitate that discussion that needs to happen, or maybe tech leads, sometimes tech leads and engineering managers will share this role, but to balance and to talk to and involve the full team in this. And I, with the full team, I also mean the product owner. Mm mm-hmm. To kind of define what kind of delivery is this? Is this a proof of concept where we just want to validate the business value? Mm -hmm. Uh, But when we validate the business business value, we need to solidify and to make sure that we can maintain the feature long term. Mm And that might, yeah, maybe we need to one or two sprints to uh, making sure that we have the performance, that we have the accessibility and everything else. Mm -hmm. But the value of kind of performing those proof of concept is also valid. So what kind of deliverable is that?
0: Yeah. So I, I think. So you mean like whenever we do a POC, maybe mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we need to define properly what the purpose of the POC is.
1: Yeah, and if it is a POC mm-hmm. or if it's a long-term yeah. uh, delivery that we're doing.
0: So is, if it turns mm-hmm. into a long-term delivery that yeah. we're doing, is this a part of the innovation that you
1: that you referred to? Yeah, and in the innovation, we need to see that okay. First, we deliver a proof of concept. Yeah, and then after some time, we will uh, say that this will be maintained long-term and then we need to solidify it and then we need to spend some cycles on mm-hmm. actually maintaining making sure that we live up to the quality levels that we need, uh, or that we agreed to. And maybe we haven't, um, maybe we haven't uh, agreed on that. And maybe we haven't talked about that in the organization. Yeah, kind of how many, how many customers uh, is that kind of, is it okay to kind of say that it works for 10 simultaneous uh, customers that are connected? Or are we looking at kind of a million? What is that? What is that level? And we don't want to over engineer things. So we need to come up with kind of what level is good enough?
0: I think a lot of the things that you talk about, like uh, measuring how much of the uh, percent mm-hmm. of, the, of the engineer's day goes on what yeah. and how many customers can we, you know, yeah. benchmark performance yeah. uh, on the amount of users that can use the system and stuff like that. I don't think a lot of people actually do that. And mm. I think it helps. So much of the day-to-day just to understand the long-term, the short-term. It really focuses a lot of things. It's amazing what you're saying.
1: And people are so scared when I'm talking about percentages and kind of talking about measurements and everything. Numbers are so important. (laughs) Numbers are so important. But I don't want people to kind of go out there and create really complex JIRA tools and uh, measurements. Often enough, it's kind of just look at your last sprint. How did you divide over these kind of keeping the lights on uh, with fixing bugs uh, fixing other things spending time in meetings and doing the roadmap stuff what was that and what what do, what do we want it to be is this what we expect Can kind I of do we, because sometimes you also fix you have a too big sla you fix too many bugs for other people where you yeah uh, where you shouldn't kind of no uh, we're not producing the business value that we're that we want to
0: yeah and this is something that needs to be calculated within the delivery rate like i delivered a lot but yeah. it's just it wasn't the right things it wasn't the valuable things is there anything that you want to share with uh, managers who feel this is i think an angle mm. that is even more interesting to mm. me like as mm. a manager if i feel that there is contempt towards me yeah. is there anything that you can share with managers who are listening right now that can help them at the moment because sometimes we just don't have the right
1: tools you know no. to make everything better No, so uh, no. I would say it's a tough question. (laughs) Yeah, it's a tough question. (laughs) But I'm thinking about how much my networks have helped me and kind of looking because I'm doing this. I I have high values. I know that I'm doing it kind of not for my own sake and not for prestige or politics or promotion or anything. I want to unlock people Mm -hmm. and talking to other managers about this and seeing for what it is that someone in the team has an immature picture of what a manager is and that comes out and the frustration is not on me it's it's on some role and some luggage yeah uh, on that and seeing that uh, seeing that person and so at one of my assignments the past years someone said cecilia it's easy to love to hate you <laughs> he thought i was too positive too happy always and so on and he was t- he was very frank with me and kind of all the time and i and i just kept on uh, on my values i talked to him i kind of tried to be of support and then after a p- couple of months he really understood what i was doing mm. he totally changed and i just got a linkedin message from him kind of hi cecilia just wanted to catch up and so on and some t- and it's the same thing that i'm doing when i was a scout leader i was a scout leader for 17 years i saw so some of the kids, you know, were bullying other kids. Mm. And I was so mad. Mm-hmm. And I put down kind of, this behavior is not allowed. And I could see they didn't understand. It's like, okay, they don't understand, but I'm there. I'm there as an adult to kind of say no and this behavior. And then kind of when their empathy has, when they maybe sometimes the coin will drop and they will understand Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing uh, with people here but if you feel too much uh, manager contempt and if you don't feel kind of that someone is saying that you need to feel also that you're doing a good job you need to feel that so maybe sometimes it's just to change organizations
0: yeah i think the point about empathy is the main point here because Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of managers really they need to understand that it's a lot of managers, they mm. need to understand that it's a, that it's a big part of the job, you know, to mm. be empathetic towards your people. Mm. And um, the fact that it's not personal, like you said no. before, that to try to, you know, separate the personal from the professional, yeah. Yeah. it's really hard. It's really hard. <laughs>
1: but it's really crucial. Yeah, you need to do that. Yeah. And to deliver this. I capability. haven't figured out how, so help no. me. No. <laughs> so I part of me kind of going as an interim consultant, is also because i'm so passionate at what i do i kind of dive in i put in too many hours and too many things i kind (laughs) of get too attached to things and i want to do that i want to be that i want to i have this drive Uh, but for me kind of going in as a consultant it really can because i then i get that distance and i can see what it is and kind of this will not be forever and it will not kind of uh, affect it doesn't affect me because i will move on eventually and i'm here and it helps me kind of take that step one at a time and this person doesn't understand why they didn't get the promotion Mm -hmm. but they will and if i just lay out objectively Mm -hmm. kind of these were the requirements and some other person were elected or something kind of that was i try to be fair and objective in everything i say and even if i can see that the person this was not what the person wanted to kind of uh, it's still kind of th- this was the best thing that i could do
0: yeah because sometimes we're so deep within the situation yeah. that the person that comes from the outside and just lays everything down on in writing like this is what was supposed to happen this is mm-hmm. what happened now yeah. we need to figure out yeah. why there was yeah. such a difference it,
1: it makes all the difference yeah. i think it's and amazing that's, and that's what i'm doing kind of trying coming in trying to explicitly map out the structure that i'm seeing mm-hmm. and as just asking people because i have i can play i'm new card yeah. Uh, all the time. And they're kind of saying that, okay, this is, is this what I'm looking at? And can I is this what's happening? And then people can say, no, it's actually this and that. And uh, pretty much I'm kind of pretty close to what's happening. And that is helping, creating transparency of the structures that we're seeing, uh, creating some structures and I can document things and so on. Yeah. And you can also
0: challenge, you know, decisions that were previously made. By asking those questions, you can raise things that might have happened with inertia. And, mm. and not yeah. intended even. No, exactly. So it's really cool.
1: Yeah, and I can also ask people too, even if they're afraid to do some change, I can often find the smallest step they can do mm. to... Sp- Test it, and then like okay, let's like let's POC do this. and
0: organizational change. <laughs>
1: definitely POC, and that's the name of my company as well. Be afraid and do it anyway. Amazing, yeah. Because I've been telling managers, it's a Carrie Fisher uh, quote, you know, from um, Star, yeah, Wars. Star Wars, yeah, uh-huh. Princess Leia. So I've been telling kind of every time I've been a manager on managers, I've been always put, pulling that quote out uh, with uh, Princess Leia and uh, Carrie Fisher uh, about doing that because confidence will follow it's the action kind of just start doing it and Mm -hmm. we will be there to support you because you are doing this for the first time we're there and uh, it will be fine amazing
0: so what's the answer to the question do we still need managers
1: leadership is more important is more important than ever and if it comes in the role of a, of a manager, we need to see leadership what it is. And divide it, We need to be more clear on what kind of leadership is this? Because we don't need the, the manager who knows it all and to have all questions. That's not. We need everyone to take on leadership responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then we need some of the people who, who have the courage, to point out the direction, who have the courage to see and make the structure even better and more efficient. And not everyone has that courage and not everyone sees it. And we need to um, encourage these people because they're doing a great job. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Is there mm-hmm. any
0: tips that you want to share
1: or anything that you want to say? I should have prepared some top <laughs> three tips. <laughs> you could just
0: have one. Uh, something. No. I
1: think I you shared have. a
0: lot of valuable information. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, no, don't I don't to. have it. Yeah. I don't have anything,
1: but... Yeah, Any tips on Israel? <laughs> yeah. Best no, place for ice cream in Jaffa. <laughs> oh my god, I did so much <sighs> good shopping in Jaffa. <laughs> I'm definitely going back there. No, but I think just um stay true to your values. Don't forever fall into bitterness because that that's not a place you want to be and before you do that kind of just say that if you're in a situation that you don't want and there's only three options you can have it's either to change the situation to try to change it and i think that's what we managers do all the time the the second option is to get away from it to quit Mm -hmm. and then there's only one option left and that is to accept the situation Mm-hmm. And bitterness is not an option. Yes.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so important. Thank you, Cecilia. It yeah. was such a great pleasure having yeah, you. I had no, my a God. great time. Yeah. And it was so insightful. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Now I'm going to yeah. do the closing in English yeah. also for the first time. No. <laughs> so thanks everyone for for joining. Follow Baba's Gumi on uh, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And see you next time. Thank you, Cecilia. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs>